All right, guys. Hey, welcome to episode three of Coach's Corner. Super excited to have you guys with us. Um, today, we are talking to Ian Campbell, who coaches up in Seattle, Washington. And we're going to talk a little bit about our conditioning plans and trying to maximize that um, and using some powerlifting technique, techniques um, at home to try and get stronger and to mix up some of our training while we're at home uh, to maximize our time once we get back into the gym. So see you in a minute. All right. I hope everybody's doing well and having a good Wednesday. Um, I had a question for you guys that are, if you're here watching this, one, leave us a, a comment on the message board. We're going to try and answer questions while we go. Um, and this is our first Wednesday. So let me know, do we like the, the Wednesdays or do we want to go back to doing them on the, the Fridays or a little bit of both? Um, yeah, so leave that in a comment um, if you're around. And then the other thing that I was thinking about um, this week with NBC kind of playing over some of the Olympic highlights from either uh, Beijing or London or Rio. Um, what is your favorite Olympics to watch? And who's your who's your go-to, like your favorite athlete? Um, if you're a gymnast or if we've got other uh, people watching this, like what athlete gets you inspired when you're watching the Olympics and from what, from what year? So leave that in the comments because I'm interested in um, seeing who everybody's favorite is. Uh, now, I think I want to bring on Ian, who um, is a coach from Seattle. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, powerlifting and explosive conditioning and some other ways of utilizing some creative conditioning while we're at home. Uh, Ian, hey, man. How's it going? What's up? How you doing? Good. 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 Just... You know, living the quarantine life like everybody yeah, else. Give us a little uh, kind of background of your your story. Um, so, gymnast for 20 years. I uh, spent a little bit of time at the Olympic Training Center where I, in Colorado Springs. Uh, did my college gymnastics at ASU and then met my wife. We moved up here to Washington and been coaching here for, man, Seven years? Yeah, seven, I think it's about seven years, seven or eight years in Washington now. Yeah, dang. Yeah, cool. time, time goes by, man. Now, one of your, um, one of the things that you've talked at congresses and stuff about is um, shaping and the basics. Yeah. And so yeah. where do you see, like, if you've got your top five of basics that we can do at home, uh, like your homework list, what is mm -hmm. critical? Like, what should we be looking for? right now so if i were to go with the top five it would definitely be your flexibility both static and active so basically your splits just on the floor or up on a panel mat so you're doing over splits and then kicks i think kicks are are extremely important making sure you have a good front side back and needle kick um and then the other three would be your handstand your hollow hold and an arch hold those would be those would be my solid those would be my solid those five are, go -tos. Those are the breakdowns for sure. Those are my breakdowns. Yeah. 
Because those yeah. are the ones that I see leading into everything. You know, all the events across the board have a handstand in them somewhere. Right. Right. Um, in the f- one of the few universal ones. Yeah. In the first episode that we talked to Dylan, it was just Dylan and I talking back and forth, and we were both. We said press and handstand. Like you've got a handstand in pretty much everything, and a press is is critical too. Um, we touched on the flexibility a little bit, but that flex is is super important and learning how to do active flexibility. Um, right. What do you do to like that we could do at home? that works like active flexibility stuff. I know we're all looking for more ways to utilize that active flexibility. Right. So, I mean, we do, we do kicks. We send our girls uh, videos and things to do and we'll do kicks. We'll have them put their hand up on a chair or hand up on a table, that other arm pressed back, ready to go to work on their kicks. And then some other things that we've worked on doing, um, we'll have them sit in their splits and then one hand on each side, try to press up almost like they're going to go to a press handstand, slide back down, press back up, slide back down something just to get those muscles working again. Um, I know a big one that we've done in the gym, we put a, their back leg up, we put a slider on their front foot and they actually have to slide out to a split and then slide back oh, up. Oh yeah. All like hips as square as possible. So if they start to tilt at all, they have to come back up right yeah. away. Just, you know, something to help kind of keep them into that line, but to help get those hamstrings and get the hip flexors a little bit stronger and a little bit looser, able to move through those ranges of motion. Cause we, you know, I mean, as you know, with gymnastics, we push things past their normal range of motion. Right. So we want to make sure that we have both strength and flexibility balanced, right? You don't want to be, it would be like doing only your good side, right? Then you're going to be off balance one way or another. Right. Same thing. Goes. You can be just as strong, but you want to be just as flexible. So you have a balance between the two. It's going to save you in the long run. It's going to help the skills and it's going to hopefully prevent a lot of injuries from down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would be my my big five go-tos oh cool nice um and you guys use like theraband work as well yep we do therabands we do uh small bands um any bands that we can get our hands yeah. on um now one other thing is that i wanted to kind of really get into is your experience in crossfit powerlifting, and kind of the different mm-hmm. realm of this sport so what? Yeah. What's your background in that, and how have you been able to utilize it? So, it, it's kind of fun, actually. Um, basically, when I was done with gymnastics, right, I needed something to kind of fill my time, basically, right. I mean, gymnastics takes so much out of our times. So, you know, you're training four to five hours a day, especially when you do it on the collegiate level and the club level. Um, so I started getting kind of really big into traditional, like body bodybuilding basically right your your normal three sets of ten and kind of the different areas of that and then uh, a friend of mine pretty much put it on as a challenge to have me try crossfit and i had seen crossfit i had heard about crossfit and it was kind of one of those things where i looked at it and went "Ooh, that just looks weird yeah. just flat out weird um and that that perception was just my not having enough knowledge of what it actually was and how it can actually benefit. Um, so I kind of got into it a little bit. Uh, got my wife into it. She phenomenal at it. Um, and then we kind of just started playing around with it. And we started one of the things that we started to notice was some of the movements that they do. A lot of them are rooted through kind of how you would teach basic level gym, entry level gymnastics. Yeah. Um, a lot of things that they kind of talked about were. Uh, that people kind of get down on them are the, the kipping pull-ups, right? 
that swing and pull up where they go back and forth and back yep. and forth. But when you look at it and you kind of break it down, when you start teaching something like that, all it is is you hang on a bar, you go through a hollow, you go through an arch, you go through a hollow, you go through an arch. It's a tap. I was it's like, a tap progression. It's a tap yeah. swing, right? Yep. Tap swing progression. And then you just happen to put a pull up into the top yep. of it. Uh, yeah. So I kind of started looking at different ideas and different ways of how how to use this with my athletes. Now, granted, we're not doing kipping pull-ups in the gym with our girls. They still do the strict pull-ups. Right. But some of the conditioning that they have set up, um, they have things called AMRAPs where you're trying to do as many reps as possible in a certain time domain, EMOMs where you're doing a certain number every minute on the minute for a certain time domain. And as Casey and I kind of got deeper and deeper into CrossFit. And then as Casey kind of got deeper, deeper into CrossFit, our knowledge of how they've actually been able to work different energy systems to play to their advantage. So where they're not just working uh, anaerobic system, they're also working their aerobic system and they're making sure that they're equally balanced, right? That they're well balanced throughout the domain. And then we started kind of learning how to apply that to our own conditioning in the gym. So we kind of got away from some of the traditional conditioning that you would normally see with gymnastics. And we started throwing in some of these EMOMs and some of these AMRAPs. And one of the things when we first started doing it, like when we first started doing it, the the EMOMs was probably five years ago. Um, And we wanted to do it in a way where we would get the same result, but using gymnastic movements, right? Yeah. So we had like leg lifts in there. We had handstand bounces in there. We had single leg candlestick roll-ups and then we did some fun ones too we would do like every now and then we would do like the burpee back tuck just for fun or block block jumps and things like that so we kind of tried to use some traditional gymnastics method with this type of conditioning and one of the things that we found is we did it in the off season when we came back into season and we started getting ready for floor routines our floor routines were so much easier to get back into because it kind of picked a floor routine a little bit it was one of those you get a certain um, number to do the harder you go, the more time you have the rest within that minute, but you can't just kind of hang out. Otherwise, you're rushing to get to the next one, right? If you run out of so that your, time. So your EMOM, just so, because I'm a, really aware of the AMRAPs, but an EMOM is like you do 30 within one minute, right? So if you're sprinting through, then you've got a little bit more rest time. If you break it up, then you're kind of right at the end of your, your minute time. Yeah. So uh, it's every minute on the minute. Um and kind of how it, how it would break up would be if you did like 30 box jumps is one station, seven candlestick roll-ups is another station, 12 leg lifts is another station, yep. right? You get the one minute to do that number of the number of reps. If you finish before the minute, whatever time is left in the minute, you have that to rest before you start the next one. If you run out of time within that minute, well, then you just have to scurry and hurry on over to the next exercise and kind of get moving again and try to catch up your time, yep. right? So kind of one of those little aha moments of, well, if I'm off on my music, I got to hurry up, catch up to my music. So I make sure my floor routine ends up on time. Right, It's all about maintaining uh, your time. Those. Exactly. Yeah. So it kind of turned into one of those, you know, you, you, you kind of push and you kind of make it, make it hurt a little bit and you reap the benefits for it. One of those, it's one of those workouts where it's really, you're going to get out of it, what you put into it. And if you put full effort into it, you're going to get a lot out of it. And we have had really, really good success with coming back into Florentines and we've had really good success with kind of rebuilding the Florentines because of that. Um, so yeah, they do some crazy stuff that you might look at kind of weird, but at the same time, if you kind of look at it almost through a gymnastics lens and it's kind of blown into the gymnastics with like power monkey camp and everything that's out there now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So it's a, a really cool, really cool blend to kind of bring into the gymnastics world too. And it gives some variety, right? So you get different styles of conditioning, you get different things to do. So kids don't get kind of bored of doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you had mentioned, which I think is, is so that you've got the imams that are as many as you can do, or sorry, a set number. And then AMRAP, which I thought was what a, like, that's one way that I've been trying to build in to our workouts is you do as many as you can within a set, within a strict time. Because I think one thing that we're all, especially without coaches and without, um, you know, there's that um, kind of when you're with a group, the group pushes you to do a few more when we're at home and when we're in, you know, quarantine or isolation, we don't have that. So you start to cheat. You start to like make that deal with yourself where um, I know I could maybe do 30, but I'm going to do 25 because I know that'll be fine. And even if you're not at maximum yet, you kind of quit at 25. So an AMRAP would be kind of not even paying attention to counting a rep. You're just going until the time runs out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we actually did did an AMRAP today. And how we kind of did it with the AMRAPs is we do it. You can, so you can do it anyways, right? You can do, there's like a, you know, you can do seven minutes of burpees. How many burpees can you get done in seven minutes? Um, we did one today actually uh, in, a, in a Zoom workout with all of our kids where I had five different three-minute AMRAPs and each one had two exercises in it. So there's a set number to do, right? So it'd be like 20, 20 of something, and then you have three minutes to get as many rounds of that as possible, right? And then they had a one-minute rest, and then they would go to the next one, one-minute rest, and go to the next one. So the fun thing about those workouts, the EMOMs and the AMRAPs, is you can get as creative as you need to with them, depending on your circumstances of where you're at right now, right? Yeah. Granted, we're all, when that day comes and we're all back in the gym and everybody's all happy, we can move it around to do... Uh, more gymnastics movements into the the workouts, but while we're at home and we're kind of on quarantine, and you kind of got to play with what you got, I mean, you can make it you can make it as simple as you need to, and it's still going to be just as effective. Yeah. So, um, one thing that I think from from your experience in kind of b- between bodybuilding and powerlifting, and then moving into CrossFit, mm-hmm. and then all the while having this gymnastic gymnastics mentality. Um, one of those kind of key fundamentals, I think, in in bodybuilding is the idea of a superset. So picking um, exercises that relate to each other in a way that you're kind of maximizing your output um, and, and failure, fatigue after, you know, when you combine those two exercises together. So what like as a as a super simple breakdown, what are your go-to supersets if we're trying to build? Because I would look at like this episode that we're doing right now as how can I build um, thoughtfully a, a home workout like and know why I'm picking what I'm picking. Because so, we've all got, you know, hopefully we've got the coaches and the Zoom workouts and everything um, that's keeping us on track. But um, when, you know, I want as an athlete to to be thoughtful of why I'm training certain muscles. So what's your go-to um, kind of supersets for each uh, muscle group? So I kind of have gotten away a little bit from going into it as muscle groups, yep. especially when I look at it for uh, a gymnastics point of view, right? So when I look at it more with a gymnastics point of view, I want to look at something that's going to keep the blood flowing kind of throughout the entire body so I can 
burn lactic acid throughout the whole yeah. body, right? Um, so one of the things that I like doing is I like going from high, I like doing a leg movement to an arm movement, or I like doing a, like a push movement to a pull movement. So like a push up to a pull up, um, a push up to a dip even, it's kind of the same motion a little bit, but you're gonna move it a little bit more into the shoulders with the dip. Um, and I really like to play with it that way because one of the things that it's going to do is it's going to keep blood moving throughout the entire body. You're still going to build and then you choose exercises that are kind of fully going to develop the legs, right? So squats, lunges, uh, things like that, that will hit all of the muscle groups in the legs. Now they're going to hit, however you do it, it's going to hit certain ones a little bit more than others. Like your lunge is going to hit a little bit more into your hamstrings. A squat's going to hit more into the quads a little bit, depending on how they go down but it's still going to be an overall leg movement, yeah. right? Now, if I'm in the gym, if I'm in the gym, right, we're back in the gym and we can kind of break it down and I want to do that. I would say kind of the things that we look at doing are super controlled to explosive and we'll build it out that way. So what I mean by that is we'll do like a tempo. So we'll do a tempo squat, right? Yeah. Five seconds down, nice and even, nice and controlled, a quick pause at the bottom, explode at the way up nice and controlled down quick pause at the bottom explode on the way up one of the things that it does is that tempo really kind of makes you feel what you're doing really makes you kind of aware where your legs at where your posture is at am i falling forward am i falling backwards do i feel myself leaning to one side can i correct it and then you kind of take that quick second to explode yourself all the way back up yeah. right um, or we'll kind of mix it a different way we'll still do the same tempo squat but maybe we'll do like five of them and then we'll go to a clapping push-up, right? Get the explosive power out of the clapping push-up while still maintaining that focus inside inside of the squat. So we, we, we just kind of mix it up, right? Mix it up and we, we keep it going. Um, I am a fan of using uh, weights in the gym. I think it's uh, a good thing that the kids learn how to do. And not to the extent of I want them squatting 200 plus pounds, right? right. I want them to know how to correctly move. I want their movement patterns to be right. Um, and weight training done correctly, especially with, with teenagers, with kids that are growing, can actually have an extreme amount of benefits to it. Everything from helping them learn how to kind of stack their joints correctly, helping build correct movement patterns. Um, so like if you were to take the squat, for example, just learning how to do a correct squat will strengthen your hips, helps keep your hip mobility, your ankle mobility, builds your quads, builds your glutes, builds your core, builds your back. It builds all these different muscles when you look at it for what a squat really does, especially if you have a little bit of a load on you. Yeah. We're, we're, we're big on that. And kettlebells. Learn some kettlebells. Yeah. What are – so I, I know you've got like the American swinging, like the kettlebell lift. What do you use uh -huh. – um, like if I get a kettlebell, what are your top three? What should I be learning first? So – a, just a normal kettlebell swing. Uh, for me, it doesn't matter if the arms go all the way up or if the arms stop at level. Yeah. Um, I just learning how to pop your hips into the kettlebell and letting that move it is the important one. Because a lot of times when you get the kettlebell swings and you tell people to do it, they'll actually start moving their arms before they've ever even straightened out. And that's, that defeats the purpose of the kettlebell right. swing. The one thing that I like the most about the kettlebell swing is it really teaches you how to fire your glutes, your hamstrings, and then opening your hips. Yeah. It's a it's an explosive deadlift for the most part. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you've that's got a good way to look at you've it. got and range. that's a good way to look a lot at it. More moving parts, obviously, in a in a kettlebell swing. Yeah, 
but that last part, that's a, that's a good way to look at it too. Um, and one of the things that I really like about it and why I like it is it can translate into so many skills, yeah. right? Yeah. A kid doing a, a double backs one day and we were struggling and we were struggling because she just couldn't get her hips to open up enough into the set. So she would go to flip and then the shoulders would come down and I stopped her and I was like, grab a kettlebell real quick. And it didn't, it wasn't even a heavy kettlebell. It was like a five, maybe seven pound kettlebell. And I had her just do a couple good kettlebell swings where she really feels the popping of her hips, the opening of that, that movement. And I asked her, okay, on your next one, when you slap that back handspring down, when you go, I want you to feel like you're doing a kettlebell swing. Yeah. Hips open, we over rotated. Right. So it can have that, just that muscle feeling, right. It can be translated into some of these skills. Um, so it's, it's a, it's an important thing, and I think it's a fun way for kids to learn another another way for kids to kind of learn how to move their hips, how to open different muscle groups, and then how to relate it to skills that you're doing. Yeah. Right. No, that's that's cool. So if we're gonna build, um, oh, one thing I was thinking about was um, kind of building our at home toolkit, uh, things that mm-hmm. we could use at home without going like. We we had talked before about kind of getting the full at home gym set up, um, but if we don't have that, like, what are some? What's a good kind of work through of the body? You know, I I, I when I think about how I'm going to plan my workout, I kind of think of like what you said, I'm kind of connecting muscle groups together and then working from you know total body from head down, um, and then yeah. adding some of these explosive movements in. So what do you mm-hmm. what could we do at home um, if we've got minimal or uh, not a ton of equipment, you know, z- zero to a little bit? What do you like to yeah. see at home or or assign to athletes? Okay, so that's that's a, that's a great question because it's it's kind of what everybody's kind of working with right now, and it's what we're working with too. Um, so we build a lot of our workouts to be kind of that full head to body workout. Yep. Um, and the things that we've done is you kind of got to get creative a little bit, right? Um, a little creative, a little bit outside the box. We've had things where girls will say they have, I know as, as gymnasts, I always would like it to see like we have some long therabands and then bands that can go around the knees. I think if we have at least that, we have a good, a good base to where we can do some good things still, right? Um, we've given our athletes personally, we've given them things like, uh, glute bridge slide outs where they go up into a glute bridge and they slide out and then slide back just to keep working the hamstrings because it's something that they can do if they have if their parents have a carpet slider they can use that if they have super fuzzy socks which most kids these days apparently do it's easy to slide them onto the carpet um and you get creative with it if you have we've done things where we'll do shoulder raises and you know some kids will say well i don't have any weights i can't i don't have anything to use for that and my band is too short well, again, you get creative. We've had kids take soup cans, right? Dude, water bottles. Like I've got, I've got it like downstairs right now. My workout is like these big old, you know, the, uh, the full liter water bottles filled up. Bottles of anything you can find. There's everything around that everything around a house can be used at some way. We've had pull-ups where we've had kids say, well, you know, I don't have a pull-up bar, but they can go on a sturdy table or they've gone outside and gotten onto a tree or onto something like that. And you just kind of have to be creative with it. Um, but as far as kind of the programming aspect of it goes and kind of setting the workouts out, we do a lot of 
the AMRAPs and the EMOMs right now because I feel like they're the easiest ones to set up at home. But then we also do ones that will challenge them in different ways. Um, I have a workout that I call the 300 and it's a jump rope workout where they start with 300 jumps and then they do 30 of a certain exercise. And then you go to 250, 25, 200, 20, and they work their way down through that. And then we'll do like a core circuit after that. Um, we'll done workouts where we go from 100 down to 10, right? So we go 100, 90, 80, 70, 60, 50, 40, and all the way down. Um, so really the, the programming aspect right now for a lot of coaches, my suggestion would be get creative with them. You know, it doesn't have to be super complicated to be super effective right now right. while we're outside of the gym and why we only have bands, you know, keep your traditional stuff in there, keep your presses in there, keep your handstands in there. Like I said, uh, keep your flexibility up in there. Like I said, those are fundamental things that will lead through everything, right? Uh, I always think back to like when you and I first met at developmental camp and things that Valeria would tell us, you know, we can teach skills, but how high those skills go kind of backtracks into how well those basic fundamentals are, right? Uh, if you think of a Maloney on, on bars, you want to do a good Maloney on bars, like, okay, well, what's your toe on look like? You know, you want to do a good toe on, okay, well, what's your back extension roll look like? Okay, well, what's your pike stretch look like? You know, all these things that people think uh, that just kind of lose way as we go up through the levels you know, those are the details and our sport is in the details, right? So, you know, definitely get creative using those things, um, but never shy away from still doing the basics at the same time. Still doing those fundamental things, those handstands, the bridges, the stretching, the splits, the kicks, and then for the conditioning, have fun, get creative. Um, a fun game that we've done with the girls a few times and they've actually said that they really like it is the, the deck of cards game. Have you done that yep. one yet? Yeah. Yep. That's always that one. Kids have always had fun with that because what do you need? You need a couple different exercises and a deck of cards. Okay, so you go. So I know your kids have done it. I know my kids have done it. But if you haven't done that before, you take a deck of cards, you shuffle them all up, and you pick four different exercises. So one would be squats, one would be push-ups, one would be um, a V-up. One would be an, you yep. know, another exercise. And then whatever number yep. you draw from the – so you, you take your cards, whatever number you draw, that's how many you would do. Yeah. Yep. So you assign each exercise to the suit, the hearts, clubs, diamonds, and then pick your exercises and you go. Um, and we've done it in different ways where we'll actually have the girls race each other and they'll have two deck of cards and they'll have to race each other through the deck to see who can do it first. Um, and we've had, I mean, we've had some of the parents get in on the games with, on these things with them. And it's been really cool to see. I think one of the things that, that has happened, that's been really cool to see is, you know, it sucks kind of being at home. It sucks, you know, not being in the gym, but one of the benefits that I've seen is kind of the gymnastics community and even the parents just kind of everybody rallying together to help get through it and to kind of make these things as fun as they can be has been really awesome. Yeah. yeah I think, um, one of the things that I had noticed too i know we talked on our on our last zoom workout was this idea of like we're all rallying together but we're a little overloaded on on screens and stuff too so i think breaking it down like i i i my screen time in the last month it, my like my phone's about to light on fire like it's there's so much more time uh that i've spent on my phone than I'm used to spending on my phone. So like having a, like something as, as basic as like the card game where 
you can go outside, you can get in the sun for a little while, and you can go play um, a conditioning game where you're not tied to a screen. Yep. You know, that's that's pretty cool. And then mixing in, yeah. all right, so let's let's do this for everybody, kind of pull it back to our explosive movements. If I'm going to play that card game, um, I want like mm-hmm. four explosive kind of total body movements. And let's say I've got like a little bit of weight or a resistance band that I could use. Um, can, can you build that card game for me? Like what would you put as your top four suits um, for this card game for explosive movements using a little bit of, you know, additional resistance or weight training principles? Okay. So if I have a little bit of resistance or let's just, let's just go like pure body weight, yeah. right? No resistance at all. Let's just go pure, pure body weight. Um, one would definitely be a, a straight, a straight squat jump, right? I think that's one of the best ones that, that you can do. Uh, it's a great full body because if you squat it and you do it correctly, right, you're going to be pulling in your core, you're going to be pulling in your obliques, you're going to be using your quads, using your glutes, and you can kind of control the descent on the way down and then jump and pretend like you're Michael Jordan and get up as high as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, so I, one of them would definitely be a squat jump. Uh, another one would be your clapping push-up. I think that's a, a very underutilized one, right? Yeah. Um, I think have some great properties, especially that follow through, that push through action before, if you try to do that before the clap, even if you don't clap and you just go push up and push through, right? Yeah. That finishing motion, getting the chest that came down, getting the shoulders that finish and extending out would be, I would be another ideal one. Yeah. The other, the other two would be a little bit, would be a little bit tricky because there's a lot of different things that you can kind of put into there, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of VFs. I like VFs. I think VFs is a good explosive core exercise. It's just that sometimes when that one breaks down, it gets a lot into the hip flexors, then it gets a little hippie, and then the core is kind of kind of goes away, and you start pug- tugging at the hip flexors a little too much. So what I would actually maybe end up doing instead would be a plank jack. Now, a plank jack is kind of exactly what it sounds like, right? It's a jumping jack in a plank position. Okay, I got you. So you yep. go into a plank, hips are nice and flat. And you actually jump out and jump back, jump out and jump back. And your goal is to stay as completely flat as you can. Not to let your hips go up, not to let your butt go wiggle side to side, any of that stuff. Um, and it's actually surprisingly difficult. Like surprisingly difficult to actually keep your body really static and keep moving through that motion. Yeah, I, um, so I think that would be a good one. I would say with that one, it's it's key on discipline though. Because I feel like you can let your kind yeah. of hips and core, it goes into that dynamic movement of the kettlebell swing where you're kind of throwing your body up and down to make the jump instead of actually yeah. keeping your core contracted. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last one, man. We gotta, we well, gotta, without having a kettlebell to do a kettlebell swing, because that would be my, my main go-to, but we got squat jumps, we got a push-up explode, and we got a, a plank jacks. Yep. One that I've actually really liked is a hip, a, a exploding hip bridge. So if you think about your normal hip bridge where you just kind of lay on your back, your feet go down, and you kind of press yep. up, right? Yeah. So the exploding hip bridge would be you do the same thing, but you try to push so hard through your hips that you're able to bring your body off the ground and kind of rock it back into a candle yep. before coming back down. And I think that's a great one, again, to mimic a kettlebell swing without having a kettlebell, right? You're going to get your hamstrings involved. You're going to get your glutes involved. You're going to get your core involved because you can't let your back go out. You want to keep everything nice and flat just like a pencil. Um, 
man, those would be those would be the four. I think those would be my four. I like that. Those would be my four go-to. I like that explosive hip bridge because I'm just thinking about you know even going to like a, a double double layout off of bars and learning how to kind yep. of get your hips up and your shoulders back and kind of create that backwards rotation. That's a good one. I I would put that mm-hmm. in the in the game. I haven't um haven't put that in before, but I like that a lot. That one's a good one. Yeah. Um. So I think those would be those would be my four pure bodyweight ones. Sweet. That's a good one. Um. Any suggestions on how to get resi- like weighted resistance without necessarily just having weight plates sitting at home? Like you said, the water bottles. Um, any other creative ones that you've seen the last couple of weeks in terms of how to how to get that resistance? Because um, obviously, I mean, science I mean, has seen everything from water bottles yeah. to soup cans to. Uh, Oh, what was the one? There was one the other day that was great. It was awesome. Ah, it was popcorn kernels. It was those big jugs of popcorn oh, kernels. Nice. And they just filled those up or right? they had popcorn in them. Popcorn doesn't seem quite as heavy. You're not getting as much resistance. Those but those all pulled up though, man. Heavy. When you're doing shoulder work with those, those that'll get heavy shoulder, after a while. Work with anything. I mean you can get away with like a, a half pound. That'll get heavy after a while. Um you know, kids have been surprisingly creative. Uh, I've seen everything from, from yeah, like I said, like, water bottles, soup cans. Uh, you know, you can take uh, grocery bags, fill them with food. People have filled backpacks and just started putting books and stuff in them. I mean, that's probably one of the easiest ones right there. Is yeah. Any kid that's going to school, just get a backpack, put all your books in there. I mean, you got an easy one. You got even a way to create a little bit of a kettlebell. Right? I was going to say, there's your kettlebell is just a, a backpack. You get the top handle and yeah. then you've got a, a pretty good swing on it. I've got like sandbags yeah, I mean, only, that I'm, I've been using. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're really only going to be limited by your own creativity. So cool. Go at it. Go at cool, it. Cool, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Last thing before I think we we wrap it up and say goodbye, I had asked everybody at the beginning, and I think we've got some comments on here that were uh, are your favorite your favorite Olympian or your favorite Olympics. Um, I got uh-huh. I got 2008 on here a bit. I know Sierra shouted out 2008. Um, what was what's your if I put you on the spot? What's your go to uh, favorite Olympics? Okay, I'm a little biased. Yep. Rio on the men's side, Alex Nador placing on pommels. Yeah, putting putting one of our U.S. guys on a pommel medal is yep. pretty impressive. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and I'm a little biased. I I know him. I know the family well. Uh, I did gymnastics with with his older brother Anthony for a little while at ASU. Um, so I got to know the kid a little bit. But that was. That was just a really cool moment. That was a cool moment. Yeah. Cool. Rio's. I gotta go. I gotta give it. I gotta give it to Alex on that one. Very nice. Well, I like that one. Okay, hey, but let's flip it on the spot. Let's hear yours. Oh, for sure. We talked. Stephen and I talked about this too. Two thousand and eight. The the like rivalry between uh, Sean and Nastia for like two yeah. years leading up to that Olympics. You know, you'd have Sean was like favorite nastia was always kind of in the background nastia would jump ahead like those two and the dynamics just on the american side and then what china brought in 2008 to bars and you know the code was a little bit different back then but um 
you know, you had so many different E and F turning elements in a row. And it was, it was less about flight to flight to flight to flight connection on bars and all about how many turn connections you can get. And I thought that some of the creativity that came out of like 2000 and like, five to 2009 2010 bars just was was awesome so that was my go-to was just that um that rivalry kind of between nasty and sean at my favorite olympics for sure beijing that's that's a good one right on man all right man well thank you very much um if you guys yeah thank you had any questions please uh leave them down in the comments we'll try and get to them um thank you man appreciate it yeah thank you all right thanks all right guys thank you so much appreciate everything um yeah if you've got questions leave them down in the comments and um i will i'll let you know we don't have a another one guest lined up just yet um but i'll let you know when we get another episode of coach's corner um for you guys so talk to you soon bye